At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. We begin hour number two of the Lombardi line here live from the South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you on a Wednesday. And it's a nooner today by the Bay, Wes. The Oakland A's hosting the Seattle Mariners. And Seattle has taken two straight from the Athletics. And the A's, their lead in the division, now down to just one game. They lead Houston, who's also in a little bit of a struggle right now. The A's will send James Kapirlian to the hill, looking to avoid the sweep. Robert Duger gets the ball for the Mariners today and the A's a pretty heavy favorite to not make this three losses in a row. And this is a getaway game for Seattle. Oakland will stay home. They'll get the Dodgers in town starting tomorrow or excuse me, the Angels in town rather. So was kind of looking maybe as an early under. The market certainly has bet that accordingly. This was nine juice to the under in the overnights. Now you're seeing eight and a half. Minus a dollar fifteen, minus a dollar twenty in terms of juice to the over. Both of these guys you would think would be due for some regression, higher expects substantially than they have higher ERAs. But I did not get involved on the side. I think that this is a big price, even though you've had a Seattle lineup that has very much struggled at the plate. Uh, they've already been no hit a couple times this year and really should have been no hit a third time a couple weeks ago. Zach Plesak got that late into the eighth inning. So I agree with the move on the under, but now that I've missed the number at nine, I am not going to play it. 
All right. You mentioned the Los Angeles Angels going to visit the Oakland A's. They've got one more with the Texas Rangers first, and that will be at 107 Pacific, 407 Eastern today for Dane Dunning taking on Griffin Canning. And the Rangers have been playing pretty decent ball as of late. This one's a pick em here, Wes. Minus 110 either way, and you've got eight and a half for your total. Yeah, and, and two teams that are going to be able to uh, have to go on the road. Obviously, the Angels have an to go to Oakland, Texas will be leaving too. So this actually has gone a little bit to the over. This yes. was eight and a half, and now Some nine, nines out there. Yeah, still eight and a half minus a dollar twenty at BetMGM. Dane Dunning has been uh, pretty solid this year. Just a three ten on the XFIP. Griffin Canning. We're kind of waiting a little bit for the regression here. Texas has gotten the support here uh, down from I believe one twenty four. The Angels were favorite now down to about minus a buck ten. So about a fifty. 15 cent move here. I disagree with the move up to nine at nine. I would be interested in the under in this spot. The Cubs at the Pirates, 335 Pacific, 635 Eastern time. Trevor Williams will face Will Crow. Crow still trying to put one in the win column as he is 0-2 on the season. And we spoke about this earlier, Wes, when we were talking about the Cardinal game taking on the White Sox today. The Cubs are in position to take over first place in the NL Central. They trail St. Louis by just half a game. They're favored here to get the win over the Pirates. Of course, the Cardinals against the White Sox are an underdog, so we will see how that plays out. Again, just a half game right now behind the St. Louis Cardinals in the NL Central. They're minus 135 favorites on the money line today at Pittsburgh. Eight and a half for your total. And I was on Pittsburgh yesterday. Got off to a good start. Three nothing. Didn't make it hold up. Was kind of fading Jake Arrieta. That proved to be right. But Pittsburgh eventually got the loss because, quite frankly, they don't hit the ball very well. And they have a minus 78 run differential, which is the worst in all of Major League Baseball. Cubs are at plus 12, but you've got kind of two suspect pitchers here really with uh, Will Crow and with Trevor Williams. Both the uh, XFIPs are over four and a quarter for these guys. I think that this is a little much. Now, Trevor Williams going back to face Pittsburgh. This is his old team uh, pitch for the Pirates for several years. Seeing a little money trickle in on the Pirates here. Now down to about plus 115 at BetMGM. I think the market high is about 120. And I may take another another attempt at the Pirates, even though they look like maybe that they're going to be the worst team in baseball. They were kind of one of those very few candidates but before the season. Okay, who's going to be a bottom-feeding team or who's going to be the worst team? And the Pirates were we're certainly one of the main nominees for, for, for that moniker, but I think I'm going to give the Pittsburgh Pirates a try again. Lost a little bit of value, so if I can get it in the 120-ish range, I think the Pirates worth the whirl against Williams on the road. Can I talk you off of it? I'm on the Cubs. And, and I can understand that because, uh, <laughs> you know, you be the bully and pick on the bad team, but... I just don't know about Trevor Williams really laying this on the road. I don't think that this is a pitcher that you want to back as a road favorite very often, but if he can't win against this bunch, then he never can win as a road favorite. All right. Will Crow versus Trevor Williams. Wes Reynolds considering Crow. I am on Williams and the Cubs. This is the Lombardi line. Wes Reynolds and Brady Cannon with you right here on VSIN, the sports betting network on a Wednesday morning here in fabulous Las Vegas, going over the baseball card on the Diamonds. 
for your Wednesday. And we move to the Reds at the Nationals here, Wes. 4.05 Pacific, 7.05 p.m. Eastern time. Jeff Hoffman versus Joe Ross. And I had been riding a wave of Max Scherzer and the Washington Nationals for a while. Unfortunately, it finally came to an end on Tuesday as the Nationals were beaten by your Red Legs. Two to one, the final there. Nationals made a little push in the bottom of the ninth, but couldn't quite tie it up. I took a loss on that one, but I'm going back to the well with Joe Ross today. Now up to minus 145 are the Nationals on the money line. Your total is at 10. These are two pitchers I really don't like to back, and I don't think I'm going to back either of them today. I understand why this has now gone to the over, and if I were to play this game, that would probably be the way I would go. Reds did get a nice win. That line just had moved so much. It, it, it looked like it moved about 40 cents, and then eventually it was worth it to take a stab with the Reds. So if you bet it late, you definitely got there. Either be the steam or be against the steam is what I always say. Both these guys' Zach's fips are very close to five, so so Jeff Hoffman is kind of trying to hang on to his uh, his status, I think, in the back of the rotation. And he's just kind of a middling pitcher. And, you know, the Nationals know what he's going to throw. He's going to throw predominantly fastballs. Joe Ross, in his own right, has not been great, even though the XFIP's a little bit better than the 572 ERA. So I understand the move to the Nationals because I think Jeff Hoffman is kind of on the downward here in terms of the trend line with the fielding independent pitching. And maybe Joe Ross has a little bit more room for improvement. But but if I'm going anywhere in this game, it would be the over 10. All right, taking a look at the Padres and the Brewers, and this one will be at Miller Park. First pitch going at 440 Pacific, 740 Eastern. It looks like, Wes, I think we've had a pitching change here. This was supposed to be Chris Paddock facing Adrian Hauser, I thought, for the Brew crew. But I'm seeing now Lauer, the left-hander, maybe going for Milwaukee. This has been a great series, fueled really by great pitching matchups. Of course, we had Blake Snell and Brandon Woodruff, and then Corbin Burns uh, going uh, for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers where the Padres got the win behind Joe Musgrove on Tuesday. Uh, now, are you seeing the change there, or are you still showing Hauser? It is Eric Lauer that's going to go for the Milwaukee Brewers as of now. Of course, Lauer being the former San Diego Padres. So, line is about where it was in the overnight. Minus 125 for San Diego, plus 105 on the Brewers is what I'm seeing now. And kind of in that range in the market. And look, uh, the share Chris Paddock kind of trying to get right here, get it, get a little bit, maybe another out pitch in his arsenal. So it is Eric Lauer that's going to be going. Padres got a nice win over Corbin Burns, who had been pretty unhittable uh, going forward and really not walking anybody. Pirates put up seven runs on the Brewers last night. So you're trying to see if Chris Paddock can maybe rebound a little bit here. Brewers average 9.66 strikeouts a game, which is fifth most in the league. And they get Chris Paddock, but Chris Paddock really hasn't been going very deep in games. He's only averaged about four and two thirds innings a start, only striking out about eight and a half batters per nine innings. So Brewers will have a chance, I think, to have some contact on the ball. But this team has not really been hitting very well, Brady. And that's why a team with such good pitch you look at their record and you're saying, well, this team should be better. They should be better than 500 at 24 and 24. Well, it's because they really haven't hit. Now, Christian Yelich is back in the lineup and, and Hiura has been uh, coming back. He had a, a little stint in the minors for an injury related issue. So maybe the Brewers lineup is going to turn around at the plate, but it has not done so, so far. So when I, 
I was looking at this uh, uh, going forward in terms of what I wanted to do with this game, a very small lean to Milwaukee, but it's going to really depend on the price here because Chris Paddock, I don't think has been what he kind of saw. We, we thought he was going to be last year's regressed a little bit. So if I could get in the like mid one teens, I'd be on the brew crew here. I kind of like over the total and I had kind of capped that with Hauser as the pitcher. Maybe it's even better with Lauer on the hill for the brew crew, but uh, the number has not changed a whole lot still at eight for your total again I was leaning towards the over in this game we'll see about that the Giants at the Diamondbacks this is a 640 Pacific start 940 Eastern PM time Johnny Cueto going against Merrill Kelly and the Giants have been in a little bit of a funk of course they were swept by the Dodgers finally got back into the win column over Arizona on Tuesday now trailing the San Diego Padres in the NL West by a game and a half and this number has come towards the Arizona Diamondbacks. I actually played Arizona last night on the overnight. I think it was about plus 117. Now just about even money. Here at BetMGM, the uh, the Giants are the favorite on the money line. Minus 115, and your total is 9. Yeah, Giants got the 8-0 win last night with uh, Kevin Gaussman on the bump against Corbin Martin. I'd be with you on the Arizona Diamondbacks. I know it's tough to back a team that's lost uh, their last nine games in a row, but that might be what I I do here because what we've seen with the Giants their pitching staff, and I got to give their their management and their front office some credit. They found a lot of veteran guys that were cast-offs from other teams and have turned them around. And obviously, being in a more pitcher-friendly park certainly mm-hmm. helps that dynamic. Play into their strengths. Yes, Kevin Gaussman, Anthony DeSclafani take out where he got bombed by the Dodgers on Sunday. He's been very good. Aaron Sanchez, also Johnny Cueto. Now, Johnny Cueto has been out there for a few years now, but I do think that perhaps you are going to see a little bit of regression in this starting pitching just as a whole from the San Francisco You would Francisco think from Giants. the entire team, they're exceeding expectations, aren't they? They have absolutely exceeded expectations. And I think Arizona didn't have a lot, but I don't think people thought they'd be 18 and 31 and staring up actually a game back at the Colorado Rockies, but Arizona hasn't hit of late. That being said, I'm going to be on them. I'm seeing like a plus 101 at BetMGM. I think there's still like a dollar five. So anything a dollar five or above, I think would be worth it on the Diamondbacks in this spot. All right. To the links we go where the PGA Tour resumes action following a major championship. Only three weeks away, by the way, from another major championship. It'll be the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines coming up in just about 22 days from now. This week they are in Fort Worth, Texas for the Colonial Country Club's edition of the Charles Schwab Challenge, formerly known as just the Colonial. That's what we like to call it here, Wes and I anyway. Short course, classic track, even hosted a U.S. Open way back when. They call it Hogan's Alley. Ben Hogan, of course, famous for a number of wins here on this course. And Hogan, I think this is kind of interesting, Wes, being the ball striker and the fantastic iron player that he was, the best, one of the best of all time, being able to work the ball in both directions, green and regulation, everything that he was really a master of, that's kind of this golf course. That's mm-hmm. what players need to do around Colonial Country Club. Again, a shorter track, narrower fairways. It's not a bomber's paradise. You've really got to work your ball, uh, golf ball in both directions. And then if you putt lights out, you might find yourself at the top of the leaderboard come Sunday. Right. These are some of the more narrower fairways on tour, and these are very small bent grass greens as well. So you've got to be pinpoint, I think, with your irons, and that's why 
you see when you look at the previous winners, especially over like the last 10 years, guys that can be very good with the irons that aren't necessarily big hitters, the Kevin Kisners of the world, the Jordan mm-hmm. Spiefs of the world, the Zach Johnsons, the David Tomses, Kevin, Kevin Nah, uh, yep. uh, Daniel Berger, even though Daniel Berger Zach can, Johnson. Yeah, and even though Daniel Berger can get it out there off the tee, he's also pretty good with his irons. So that's what you've really seen here. And I'm going to be interested to see how this course plays uh, versus last year, because remember, this was the first event post-lockdown where they resumed action on the PGA Tour. No spectators, but now they're going to have grandstands down there in Fort Worth, and they're going to have fans. And we saw it was good to have the fans last back last week at the PGA Championship. Uh, you know, absolutely. You know, like Phil was leading them, the soldiers, to battle there on Almost the 18th. Almost got a little dangerous there on yeah, the when they, Remember <laughs> when they filled in the fairway behind him? It was like General Mickelson leading the soldiers to battle. So it was kind of cool to see at least, but we're so not used to seeing that. It kind of freaks us out at first uh, when we see it. But one of the things here at Fort Worth, on Colonial, they are going to have grandstands up. Mm-hmm. So one thing you saw last year without as many grandstands and without as many scoreboards on the course, you saw some of these longer hitters on this track. They were able to cut these dogleg holes. 12 of the 18 holes are doglegs here. So, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that this year. I'm going to be interested to see how that plays out. But you provided the recipe in terms of, the success for or the uh, recipe really for victory here. Be precise with the irons, put the lights out on a ball striker's course, and that's exactly what a lot of guys have done here over the years. Isn't it, Wes? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think of the twelve uh, dogleg holes, six of them dogleg in one direction, mm-hmm. and the other six in another mm-hmm. direction. So that's a great design, and that yes. goes to our point where we're talking about. You really have to be able to curve your ball in both directions and, to find success here. And it's a very uh, the course can be deceptive because. The first two holes are arguably the easiest holes on the course. You open with the par five. This is if you're starting on the front nine at number one, and then you have that short par four. Then you go, it seems like every course has a name for a stretch of holes. The horrible horseshoe holes three through five, three of the toughest holes on the layout. So that's when you maybe see some guys give it back uh, to the field. You've got uh, the two par fives measure over 600 yards. So it's going to be a three shot hole, probably for a slight, at least a slight majority of the field. And really what you've seen over the years here in terms of a winner profile other than Daniel Berger last year and of course Jordan Spieth in 2016 16 of the last 18 winners at Colonial have been 30 or over mm-hmm. so experience matters and of the last 11 winners only Berger last year and then Adam Scott when he was number one in the world in 2014 had fewer than three starts at Colonial so you do need a lot of experience here and, and then strokes gained approach has been very important and you've seen the last three winners I think Berger was fifth last year, and then the two previous winners before him, Kevin Na and Justin Rose, ranked first in the field that week for strokes gained approach. So that's kind of what I relied heavy on in my handicap this week from a stat standpoint. If you look at the odds board, Texas native Jordan Spieth is at the top at 10-1 to 1 to win the Colonial, and it's very interesting, Wes, if you look at Jordan Spieth last year when they did make the return during the quarantine, Jordan Spieth was really uh, probably at the low of lows in his uh, golf form 
form, and he was 60 to one here and still finished in the top 10. And our guest on Long Shots, Paul Stone, I thought made a great point. If Jordan Spieth can be in that poor a form and still finish ninth at this golf course, what's he going to do when he's playing as well as he is right now? And so, an absolute turn of events here for Jordan Spieth as far as the price goes from 60 to one now to 10 to one, and probably the deserved favorite here. I did not jump on him this week. The shortest shot that I went to was Abraham Answer, and part of my thinking here was answer, uh, with Answer was something that you like to lean on on occasion. When a guy comes off of a great round in his last tournament, that's exactly what Answer did at the PGA Championship. Shot the low round of the day, a 65 at the Ocean Course at Kiowa to get himself into the top 20 for the tournament. Really, he, a, a fantastic Sunday out of Answer. I got to believe he's going to build upon that a little bit and go into a course that absolutely suits his style of game. I also think he plays well at the correlated courses I used, the Sony, RSM at Sea Island, Harbor Town, where he's finished second last year. So answer was my shortest shot, was able to get him at 22 to 1 at Circa. Now he's in the neighborhood of 18 to 1. And I'll go back to Spieth very quickly because I think when people look at the board, they're like, Jordan Spieth shouldn't be a shorter price than Justin Thomas anywhere because <laughs> Justin Thomas, I think, is the better player of the two and certainly the more proven and the more consistent winner, at least over the last few years. But when you look at Spieth's form, and our guest Paul Stone is on Jordan Spieth this week, you look at the form, I think he has eight appearances here and he's only been out of the top 15 oh, once. Yeah. So he's got a win here in 2016 and a runner-up in 2015 and 2017 and then three other top 10 finishes. Uh, in terms of a short price on the board I went with, I went with Colin Morikawa at 15-1. to one, And I usually won't do that with a guy that finished runner-up uh, the year before, but I did kind of like him for a lot of the same reasons you mentioned with Abraham Answer. He had a very nice round at the PGA on Sunday, closed with the 67, got himself kind of that backdoor top 10 uh, uh, for Colin Marikawa, and he's also was second last year. So maybe there is a little bit of redemption because he probably should have won this thing last year. Yeah. He had a six-foot putt on the 18th that he missed that was makeable. In regulation. Yes, and then he goes to the playoff hole with Daniel Berger and lips out a three-footer on that par three at 17, and Daniel Berger gets the win. Marikawa finishes second. When you look at the category that I talked about, strokes gain approach a couple minutes ago, over the last 24 rounds, Colin Marikawa is gaining 44 shots on approach over the strokes gained on the rest of the field over the last 24 rounds. The next player was Will Zalatoris at 31.7. That's a decent size gap yes. over 24 rounds for Colin Marikawa. So that tells you the irons are absolutely on point for this guy. His total driving, I think he was fifth in this week's field. Greens and regulation gained. He was second behind Corey Connors, who I also played at 25 to one. So, And Connors is also up there on all those ball striking stats like approach and whatnot. Also, you, I think you're going to want to look at par fours, 400 to 450 yards strokes gained. And one of the guys, a couple of the guys I played at the top of that list, Chris Kirk and Emiliano Grillo, about 60 to one-ish, kind of in that price range. Our full cards, by the way, you can get on Lawn Shots and go to vcin.com where you can either watch on video or you can cop that podcast. Brady and I go through the full card here for the Charles Schwab Challenge. Well, I am on Chris Kirk and Emiliano Grillo as well. Uh, got them in the neighborhood of uh, 70 to one for Grillo and got a crazy price on Chris Kirk. But both, uh, both of these guys basically trading in the neighborhood 
neighborhood of 60 to 1 right now. By the way, the Baltimore Orioles are on the board. A solo shot off of Michael Pineda in the top of the first inning. They lead the Twins 1 to nothing there. Two down in the top of the first inning there. Baltimore on top of Minnesota as they look to right the ship. The Baltimore Orioles have lost eight games in a row. I also took a shot with Brian Harmon, another guy that our guest Paul Stone was on. And then I jumped on Charlie Hoffman, the uh, rebel from UNLV, got him at 55 to 1, which is a nice price. He's more in the neighborhood of 40 to 1. Did you end up on Hoffman as well? I did not. He was certainly somebody I considered. I think I think Matt Humans might have played okay, Charlie yes. Hoffman. Yes, as he well. did. Yeah, you know, his experience in Las Vegas with the wind has really translated well to his success in the state of Texas. He's been a red hot player as of late. Hopefully he gets to the winner's circle and puts on that plaid coat on Sunday down at Colonial. We're coming back in a moment with more here on the Lombardi line. Stick with us at VSIN. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. 
And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM, Brady Cannon, and Wes Reynolds with you. And guess what? Our friends at DraftKings have college football season win totals up, and I love it. We can talk about it here. College football not that far away. Win totals already on the board. We'll look at a handful here, some of the bigger programs across the, uh, across the country. And we'll start with the defending national champions, West. And how about this season win total? The Alabama Crimson Tide. Of course, they will play 12 games. Their season win total at DraftKings is 11 and a half. So you're betting, will they lose one game or will they make it a clean sweep in 2021? If you want the over, it's even money. The under, under 11 and a half wins. So if they lose one game, that is the favorite at minus 125. And I tell you what, Wes, I can actually pick out a couple of games on their schedule that they could lose. I can as well. And when you look at Alabama, the difference kind of between them and Clemson is Clemson really has the cohesiveness on the coaching staff. They've had the same coordinators there for about over half a decade to about a decade plus with Brett Venables. Alabama always seems to be changing coordinators. Nick Saban kind of runs the uh, the Betty Ford Center, if you will, Brady, for coaches, uh, rehabilitating coaches that maybe <laughs> lose, lose their jobs elsewhere. And then they succeed and win big at Alabama and then get another job. The new uh, uh, rehab candidate this year is Bill O'Brien, who is the new offensive coordinator down in Alabama, Steve Sarkeesian, now the head coach at University of Texas at Austin. So Bill O'Brien in as offensive coordinator. You never worry about Alabama talent-wise because they had the number one recruiting class consensus, really all the recruiting services rated them number one, despite the fact that they did lose six players in the first round of the NFL draft, which ties a record. Not only five starters back on offense. There are 11 players on defense uh, who have started. They weren't full-time starters, so it's not necessarily 11 full-time returning starters, but 11 guys that have returned. So this defense, I think, probably is going to be more experienced. Might even be the strength of the team early as Bryce Young likely to take over at quarterback, the sophomore for Alabama, as Mac Jones now was uh, drafted in the first round by the Patriots. But when you look at Alabama, that game, at Texas A&M. I know mm-hmm. Texas A&M yep. can have a new quarterback, that but that could be a little bit of a tricky spot. They seem to uh, they seem to get a fair amount of their tough games at home. They do go to Auburn. I still think Auburn with the first-year coach, they're kind of trying to build to get their way back up in the power. But Miami, not going to be an easy game. Now it's going to be De'Eric King returning at quarterback for the for the U and he's coming off that ACL so I don't know how healthy he is I think Alabama probably gets that game and they're big favorites in that first game but the trips to Texas A&M but also the trip to Florida third week I was gonna of the say, season you're missing one there third week in of the, the season September 18th so you know they get Miami and they get Mercer and kind of that tune-up game on the 11th then they get right into it and go to Florida and they go to Texas A&M and you've got Ole Miss coming in mind you Ole Miss put 
put 48 points on these guys mm-hmm. last year. Lane Kiffin's offense definitely was good in its first year. Now, the defense has a lot of catching up to do. But, yeah, I'm not convinced. I would lean to the under here with that with Alabama in this spot. And, of course, that is the favorite shaded to minus 125 at DraftKings. The one that jumped out at me, you've got Ohio State here at 11 wins, Clemson at 11 and a half, Oklahoma under over 11 wins. The one that I took a look at was Georgia. Mm-hmm. The Bulldogs and the win total is 10 and a half. Over that is even money. Under that is minus 125. And I definitely like the under. You open the season with Clemson. That's certainly a tough test. You've got Auburn. You've got Arkansas. You've got Florida. You've got Tennessee who could be improved. And then the rivalry with Georgia Tech. You kind of never know about that one at the end of the year. I mean, it seems like there's four or five games where they could stub their toe. So I would be looking at under 10.5, which is basically just asking them to lose two games all season. Now, I will say, with Georgia, if they do win that first game, I think they're probably they might go over that total actually right. because it, sure it, and yeah, I mean that's going to be the big determining. That one's factor. at home, right? I, I don't uh, know if that's that on one a neutral. is actually in Atlanta, I believe. It's one of those okay. ki- or no, it's in Charlotte, the Duke's Mayo Classic, uh, kickoff classic or whatever they're calling it. Uh, but Georgia does have uh, the USC transfer back, JT Daniels, mm-hmm. at quarterback. So you're going to have, I think, more cohesion in the offense than you had last year. You know they always have studs on defense. But it's kind of going to be, will Kirby Smart finally live up to the expectations? Will Muschamp comes in on staff as, like, a consultant? Will Muschamp's always been a very good defensive coordinator, even sure. though he's not in that role. But he's a very good defensive coach. Hasn't really worked out for him at Florida and South Carolina as a head coach. But I think that that's a good higher for Kirby Smart, and that defense is going to be better. So, Georgia's kind of that team at the top I think people may be sleeping on. Well, it feels good to talk college football anyway. We'll do more of it throughout the rest of the summer. But coming up in the next segment, it's time to get back to the ice. We bring in our man Lou Finicaro to take a look at tonight's action in the NHL playoffs. We'll be back for that in just a moment. Stick with us. It's the Lombardi Line on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Season is in full swing, so it's the perfect time to work on cash and tickets every day. I wore my shirt today. Cash and tickets is what it's all about. Our VEASAN experts give you all the tools to make the most of every baseball bet, including live odds and analysis for every game at vcin.com slash MLB. And our daily members-only best bet emails. Now's the time to start your free trial and take advantage of all the betting opportunities this baseball season at vcin.com slash subscribe. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you inside the Lombardi line. Time to talk a little puck. Lou Finicaro now joins us to talk a little hockey, a postseason puck special list is Lou and you can follow him on Twitter at Gamblu. Great to have you on the program once again, Lou. And, and what a slate tonight on the ice. Three contests and all game sixes. Two teams with a chance to close out at home. One with a chance to close out on the road. And let's start in Tampa Bay where the defending champs are up three games to two on the Panthers. And will it be Spencer's night or his week here for the Florida Panthers? The young netminder between the 
pipes for the Florida Panthers trying to stave off elimination and force a game seven. Lightning about a minus 150 favorite right now on the money line, Lou, with a total of six. Your thoughts, sir? My thoughts are that you didn't go far enough. First of all, thanks for having me on, gentlemen. I love uh, sharing hockey thoughts with the both of you. Um, and by by my comment, I mean, is it going to be Spencer's day? Is it going to be his week? Or is it going to be his six weeks? Uh, Stanley Cup history is littered with young, r- rookie sometimes goaltenders that uh, make a run. And when you got a 20-year-old kid, yes, he's shy on experience. And uh, the mic in his face could affect him. The other thing is, he's a quick twitch specialist just by nature, and they're natural in the goal. Ask Jonathan Quick, ask Murray for Pittsburgh, Dryden, Hextall, Cam Ward. History is full of young goaltenders that came in and made a difference. And you know where I'm going with this game. You got a road team in Florida, new goaltender in there. Last game. Tampa scores one goal. I can tell you if Tampa only scores one or two goals tonight, I think they're going to have trouble because Florida can put the puck in the net and has really been, if you look close, five on five, Florida's Mm -hmm. playing with Tampa Bay quite effectively. They just got to control themselves a little bit. I would say also Quenville has almost coached himself out of the series the first few games this goaltender might make him uh, save face. Yeah, and you mentioned it, Lou, and we talked about that in the first hour. If you look at Florida, in terms of the high danger chance percentage and some of the metrics that you look at, the on-ice expected goals, they actually have outplayed Tampa Bay in certain regards, even though it looks like they're getting dominated, but they're really not. So Quenville's hand, I think, got kind of forced here. He is going to go with Spencer Knight. Also in goal, uh, Barry Trott's going to go ahead and stick with Ilya Sorokin, it looks like. And why not? He's 3-0 and in the series and, res- and in between the pipes for all three of the wins against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Islanders with the chance to close it out at home. See if Barry Trotz can get that more physical style of hockey. What do you make of this one and what's Pittsburgh's mindset going to be with Tristan Jerry giving away that puck and obviously switching the momentum of the series to where now the Islanders can close it out tonight. Right. And everybody on the team for Pittsburgh is, you know, lifting their goaltender up because that's what, you know, KG professionals do, but that team as a whole does not play from the goal out. They don't have a second option in goal or they'd be using it. I think they're in a tough position, even with Malkin back. They're going to play in Nassau Coliseum that I think they got dynamite around the foundations of that place. They're ready to tear it down and the Islanders won't let them. I, I think the Islanders are in a good spot tonight. I think the price is a little bit off. I'd almost expect to pay 110 or 115 with the Islanders and I don't think you're gonna you're gonna have to I I think uh, a good solid defensive team playing from the goal out Pittsburgh can't get anything going in tight and up close because of the way that the Islanders play all right Lou you and I were both on the Minnesota Wild in game five here at T-Mobile just thought that price got out of hand on the Vegas Golden Knights I didn't like the spot for them as well of course they've struggled with Minnesota all season long they did end up dominating that game however now they go back to Minnesota where they have two wins in their pocket already in this series they're small favorites in the neighborhood of minus 135 on the road tonight to close out this series what do you think here Lou 
Yeah, I, I think that as we get closer to game time, Minnesota is going to be a little bit sexy and we might get a little better price on Vegas. I've handicapped Vegas to be the more complete team in the metrics I follow, mostly defensive, but even in goals against, they exceed their, or I should say, they allow a half a goal a game less than Minnesota. They're the better team, the more complete team. And I think that whether they win this game or the next game, Surely they're going to win it, and I give them as good a chance to do that tonight on the road, uh, we against the world kind of thing. And, Lou, I'm with you on the spot. I like the Vegas Golden Knights tonight, but, of course, in the morning skate, Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury actually went off at the same time, so Pete DeBoer likely uh, keeping us all guessing here because eventually you got to give Robin Leonard a start. You can't have Marc-Andre Fleury and beat him up and have him go every game, even though this is an elimination spot. So there is a distinct possibility that you see Robin Leonard for the first time in this series what is the difference in terms of the price in your mind if Robin Leonard goes and not flower tonight for the Knights? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to try and answer it this way, Wes. That's a great question. What I'm going to say is it's going to affect the price, and it's, but it doesn't affect my view of the Knights. So if I can get a nickel or a dime, 12 cents of sure. advantage by them switching, I'm all about the, I'm all about the Knights. Hey, Lou, looking ahead a little bit, and I don't know if you've dived into this part of your handicap just yet, but boy, has this Carolina-Nashville series been really exciting, and uh, Carolina gets the win in overtime. Third straight game that goes to extra hockey on Tuesday night. The Hurricanes get it done 3-2. to two. They will play game six tomorrow night in Nashville, and Carolina a road favorite of about minus 140. Which way are you leaning in this one if you have an opinion already? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm so worried about today's games, but my comment <laughs> regarding my, my comment regarding that is, is that the Preds are, are gluing up the middle of the ice and not allowing the free skating Carolina entry into beyond the blue line. And until Carolina finds a way to counter that, they're going to have trouble and play tight games with the Preds. I give the Preds nothing but credit, but no real opinion just yet. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Watching that game last night, Nashville's done a really good job just interrupting that Carolina flow. We'll see what happens on Thursday night. Thank you very much, my man. Enjoy the hockey tonight. We'll talk to you down the road. Wes and Brady, thanks for having me on. Good luck, everyone. Thanks, Lou. All right, that is Lou Finicaro. Follow him on Twitter at GamBlue. Next segment, we wrap it up with NBA playoff player props. Love this segment. We'll be right back here on the Lombardi Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover BetMGM, the king of sports books. Sign up today and win $100 if you place a $1 wager on any Stanley Cup playoffs game and either team scores a goal, regardless of your bet's outcome. Simply use the bonus code VSIN100 when you place your first bet to take advantage of this offer. Enjoy hockey like never before with BetMGM. It's a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia or West Virginia only. It excludes Michigan dissociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 800-889-9789 in Tennessee. And 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. The promotional offer is not available in Nevada. All right, Mr. Reynolds, let's take a look at these NBA player props. We hit a few of these on two Tuesday. We'll see if we can find a few gems in tonight's action on the playoff hardwood. And we'll start with game two in Philadelphia with the Washington Wizards taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. Washington down one game to none. And this, of course, to explain to the listeners and the viewers, they offer a number on points, rebounds, assists, and three-pointers. And you can choose to go under or over that posted number. Bradley Beal, as far as points, 30 and a half. Uh, Russell Westbrook, as far as points, 22 and a half. Westbrook, as far as rebounds, 10 and a half. Both Beal and Westbrook at one and a half three-pointers. And again, I looked at James Harden for the Nets game last night, Wes, and I saw his number at one and a half for three-pointers. I thought that was pretty low. 
I think it's a little bit low on these two guys, too. Now, in game one, Westbrook chucked up three, or excuse me, two three-point attempts. He was 0 for 2. Beal put up six shots and hit one. I kind of like Beal a little bit more than Westbrook here, but I think in this game that these guys desperately need to get back into this series with, I think both of these guys could go over one and a half three-pointers made. Well, and you look at the end of the regular season when uh, Real Deal Beal returned in that final regular season game, that hamstring wasn't right. I think he was 4 of 17 from the floor, and really he he had to get right in terms of those two play-in games, one against Boston, then the win against Indiana, and then you kind of saw, okay, now he looks a little right here. He went 41 minutes on Sunday day scored 43 points so I could certainly see that Russell Westbrook did not have a very good shooting day 7 of 17 in just 43 minutes 14 assists and 5 rebounds so I could see the over on the Beal but on the Sixers side is kind of where I was looking more at the props Tobias Harris did have 37 in game one he had a lot more points than he usually has because Joel Embiid got in foul trouble even though Embiid was in foul trouble early he still had 30 points was uh, very efficient for from the floor and really where he made his money was getting to the line where I think he uh, he made 12 shots from the line so I would be looking maybe at the Harris under perhaps on the points Ben Simmons by the way only had six points in game one but he also had 15 rebounds and 15 assists so maybe Simmons gets going a little bit more this is assuming that Embiid stays out of foul trouble more than he did in game one and then he's going to be on the floor a little bit more because Joel Embiid only went 30 minutes in game one and still had 30 points. So you got to think if the foul trouble is held relatively at bay, that he's probably going to go 35, 36, 37 minutes, somewhere around there. So I think that that would reduce Tobias Harris on the points. Well, and Simmons won't have to cover as much uh, ground on the glass. Sure. And and I was kind of with you, you know, that was a little bit of an aberration for him to only score six points. I kind of like over 13 and a half on the points for Simmons. I thought it was a little bit funny. They, They put up a number him for three pointers at a half. I mean, you'd have to go under, right? He probably won't even chuck one up. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. He only had nine shot attempts in the first game. Three of nine did attempt one. It was, uh, and of course, it missed. Uh, usually doesn't <laughs> go in for Ben Simmons from outside the arc. But it's going to be interesting too with Embiid because the Wizards only have Alex Len and Robin Lopez down low, and they only had seven, uh, and and they only had seven fouls. But they can't really cover him without sending him to the line. That's the only thing that they can do. And Joel Embiid shot very well from the line in the first game so if I'm going anywhere on the Sixers props I think okay maybe they don't have such a quick whistle on Embiid where they sent him to the bench very early in the first quarter and also in the first half that he's going to play more that's going to take some looks away from Tobias Harris I think all right let's take a look at the Atlanta Hawks and the New York Knicks game two in this series from Madison Square Garden and we touched on this a little bit earlier in the show Trey Young of course a lot of fanfare about his performance performance in game one really a clutch performance winning the game at the end for the Atlanta Hawks Uh, I believe he had 31 points and the number here for his player prop is 25 and a half points Uh, one and a half three pointers that's kind of an interesting number there Uh, but what do you expect out of Trey Young of course you know there was the comments that the the crowd was all over him and he kind of silenced the crowd and 
they're going to be geared up probably twice of what they were in game one off of all that. You know how that crowd will be at the Garden. You wonder how Trey Young will respond. Would you expect over or under there as far as his general performance? Lean a little bit to the under just in the fact, even though I do have the Hawks for the series, I bet that before it started. Trey Young's been talking a little bit, and Derrick Rose has been talking back to him, and and Trey Young found his inner Reggie Miller silencing the crowd and silencing one Spike Lee, who was sitting courtside at Madison Square Garden. The atmosphere at the Garden was great to have 12,000 people in there. So I expect now that the Hawks have have struck first blood here, and they've had a little heat, a little spice to this series, I expect (laughs) that you're going to have a very vociferous crowd at MSG tonight. But when I was looking at props in a macro sense from this game on the Atlanta side. I think the guy that was the key to that game, Trey young got all the headlines made the big shot. And with the motion to the crowd, but Deandre Hunter was the real big story, getting him back. And you might remember Deandre Hunter. He was on that 2019 Virginia national championship team. And he came back in this last game and the defense is really where it helped out because he's having to switch off a little bit garden Julius Randall sometimes garden RJ Barrett sometimes so in terms of Hunter maybe not for his points but his his rebounds and his assist prop might be where I would be looking to play the over a little bit because he's a very smart player obviously playing at UVA they had a lot of smart players on Tony Bennett's team and if you look and, and if you combined, I think, the rebounds and the assists, DeAndre Hunter was averaging about five and a half rebounds, 2.3 assists before he got hurt this season. So he's gone over those marks basically about two-thirds of the time. So on the Atlanta side, that would be where I would look for. And I think you and I were both in agreement earlier when we briefly touched on this in the first segment. On the Knicks side, R.J. Barrett over 17 and mm-hmm. a half points, yep. I think, is where I'm going to look here because – Part of it is that you're not going to have Alec Burks have 27 points on 9 of 13 shooting again. I think, you know, when a guy gets hot, you got to keep feeding him the rock. And Alec Burks was hot, and that was just one of his games where he was on one. But really, as far as the Knicks are going to go is where Barrett and Randall really are going to take them. Barrett and Randall, I believe, in the first game were 3 of 12 combined beyond the arc. And both of these guys are 40% plus three-point shooters. So... I think Barrett would be where I would want to go over on the points here at 17 and a half. If you look at the games in the regular season against the Hawks, Barrett averaged 19.3 points, 8.5 rebounds, three and a half assists in the four games against Atlanta this season. So in terms of points, I think RJ Barrett is where you're going to want to look at over 17 and a half. What do you have in game one, 13 or 14 points? Yes. Yeah. I, I expect him to get much closer to 20. He's going to have to, I think if the Knicks are going to be competitive in this game and you touched on it earlier, as well. I thought Hunter did a great job in defending uh, uh, Julius Randle, but I I really think Barrett sometimes maybe is the forgotten guy in that Mm -hmm. offense. I expect him to have a big game. Of course, Randle's the focal point, you know, uh, of other teams trying to to guard against him. And Randle did get uh, named, I don't know if it was overnight or this morning, he did get most improved player of the year, so obviously that's getting the headlines and that's going to affect the prop prices that these markets at BetMGM and other books are going to put out. So the forgotten man is R.J. Barrett. I think this is his night tonight. All right, let's 
let's take a look at the final game on the card for your Wednesday, and that is the Memphis Grizzlies visiting the Utah Jazz in Salt Lake City. The player props in this one, Ja Morant at 21.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 1.5 three-pointers. You look over on the Utah side, we expect to have Donovan Mitchell in the lineup tonight, and this is where I wanted to go under on his point total when we expected him back in game one. Of course, he was scratched from the lineup. The number's very similar, Wes. I want to say maybe it was 26.5 for game one. Right now it's 25.5 for total points for Donovan Mitchell. Another one I liked was Rudy Gobert at 13.5 points. I think if Utah is going to even this series, Gobert's got to get at least 15, 16 points down low. If I'm looking at a points prop on the Utah Jazz side, it would actually be Bogdanovich under 19 and a half points because I don't expect Donovan Mitchell after missing 40 full days to be able to get his average of 26.4 necessarily, but he is going to get more of the focal point of the offense and you have both Conley and Mitchell back tonight. So what's going to happen to Bogdanovich? When they went out of the lineup, his numbers in April went up to like 22.8 points. But when they're back in the lineup, lineup his previous average was 15.4 points so you've got Bogdanovich kind of in the middle of those two extremes there at 19 and a half points I think that that's a little bit too high with both Conley and Mitchell now taking more focal points of the offense so somebody's numbers have got to swing the opposite way even if Mitchell doesn't quite reach his average and I think it's Bogdanovich that's going to be a little bit less than 19.5 All right, three great NBA playoff games this evening, three outstanding NHL Stanley Cup playoff games this evening. Of course, you have baseball all day long. That has already started, and the Baltimore Orioles trying to snap an eight-game losing streak. They are ahead of the Minnesota Twins, currently one to nothing in the top of the third inning as they bat against Michael Pineda. Anything, What maybe your favorite play of the evening, Wes, on the ice or on the hardwood? Yeah, I I think I'm going to go with the Islanders. I guess that would be my favorite. I haven't handicapped the whole card, but the Islanders would probably be the play I'm most certain about on the NHL side. I'm hoping once again it is Spencer's night in the state of Florida, looking for the Panthers to even that up and take it to seven games. Next up, it's the Nuts with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw. We head down to Circa. Stick with us at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, 
Every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.